0: and welcome to 2022 Relative Pitch. Oh my gosh, this is our first episode in this new year. Um, You know, I thought things would look a little bit different, to be honest. Uh, At this point, we started this podcast in like, what, September, October 2020, uh, when we officially released our first episode. And we're going into 2022. And we are still in this pandemic. I just want to point that out. Did we did we think we would be here still at this point?
1: Uh yes and no. Um, I feel like because people just were not taking it seriously at all, um, I had hopes that we weren't, but reality would sit in and we are still here. And it these these Amarosa Amari guns and the the Deltas airlines are all around. So like. I'm guessing the next one is gonna be Katrina. I'm like, I guess that's who's next because maybe
0: Irma. Irma's coming
1: back. Irma's coming back.
2: Irma,
0: y'all remember
2: Irma? We got so many days out of school for Irma. Go Irma! Exactly,
1: Andrew. All all of the of the hurricanes are coming back because we're just not we're not doing what we need to do. But, well,
2: what we needed to do was go on lockdown right away.
0: That's what we should have done, but we were gallivanting all over the country.
1: But you know what? The government is not going to shut us down again. They they realize that that is not helping uh, them. It's not helping the economy. So they're like, oh, no, like, everybody's fine. We're great. No, people are dying. They are. Still are. are.
2: I just love when the people are like... We're gonna give you two KN95s for your semester because you're a TA. Okay, two slightly disposable KN95s for a semester. It's great. And he only gave me one. We only got one. Actually, not two. We only got one. Why are
0: they upholding their promises?
1: <laughs> maybe they gave me one for the middle of the semester.
0: No, that, no, no. Yeah, maybe you get one halfway through. Um, yeah. You just have to wait. Like
1: you use the first one. Get the
0: second one. Wow. I think, you know, um, we were just talking about this because as most of you know by now, we are presenting at the Georgia Music Educators Association's uh, conference that is happening this upcoming month in about two weeks now. Um, And right before we started recording, we were talking about, oh gosh, should we order a pack for all of us and even our panelists to be like, hey, stay safe because Y'all know how Georgia is. I don't have to get into that. But anyway, I don't trust <laughs> half the people who are going to be at this event. Um, I'm trying to keep myself safe. Uh Like, everyone should be at this point. Thankfully, the Classic Center has um, some great safety protocols. So hopefully we'll see. But it's real. We are still out here doing the same things that we should have been doing in the first place. But here we are. But... Anyway, we just hope this new year brings to everyone, you know, a fresh start with anything, all the endeavors you have to do. We hope you reach them, all the goals you have, all the things you want to see yourself be, become them. Um, you know, if you're going to work out, diet, sure, maybe, whatever. But, I mean, just do your thing. <laughs> Stick
1: to it. Stick to it. to it.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, there has been some some a lot of stuff going on within the community um this uh, it seems like from january or december to now there's been so many things that has happened and you know the purpose of this this podcast is to talk about these things to talk about the things that are going on in our music society that relates to what's going on everywhere in every single other field that's going on out out in the world so you know, we we were uh, grateful enough to be able to go to Midwest uh, this past uh, uh, December. And it was great seeing all of our, like, guests we've had on the show and running into them. And they're like, oh, guys, it's relative pitch. It is us. Um, and it was wonderful getting to to just meet everyone in person. And the the beauty of that is that I think not having it really made us appreciate just being able to come together and to, to see everyone. Um and there was a theme for the year, or a theme for the for the conference this year. If anyone noticed it, I noticed it. A few people noticed this theme this year. What did you guys think about Midwest, Anthony?
1: Not you defecting to me. Um, you know, one thing. What you said is my my first thing was. Um, I could tell people were just excited to be back. You know, um, a year that was canceled because of COVID, really, you know, a lot of people look for Midwest to see friends, you know, that is across the country. And, and you know, um, so Midwest is, that's what it's for. One thing I did see is I saw a lot more, you uh, colors of the spectrum as in race which i loved seeing um because for a while i was like where are non uh european people you know where where are they on this on on this uh level and so it was just good seeing that and a lot of the sessions that i went to were very uh informing um but I did notice that a lot of the sessions ended up kind of circling around diversity. Um, and I think that is the thing that we talk, we are talking about a lot of music nowadays, is the word diversity, equity, and inclusion, which have become three words that can scare some, that I think has been beat over the head in some ways. Um, but it, definitely a lot of things were, were hitting on that topic
2: i will agree but i will go further back than midwest that was 2021's campaign slogan
1: Mm.
2: was dei from Mm. the get-go
0: and this is true
2: eh.
0: it seems like everywhere like every single company has an opinion on dei these days like why why does kleenex have a statement on DEI. You know what I mean? There's a joke there. I think comedians have been doing jokes about that, but it's kind of true where there, it seems like everyone felt like they had to make a response or had to make a statement addressing these things. And while it's appreciated to some degree, um, I like action more than I like words. I don't really care to see statements put out, um, especially by corporations who have the financial backings to actually do something about DEI. I don't want to hear you talking I don't want to see you posting on Twitter about stuff Um, I don't want to see a black square with hashtag BLM uh, on it I want to see your your, the things you raise the money you get um, going towards the things that you're saying you're you advocate for and I don't don't think that's a big thing to ask for I think that makes sense (laughs) having money and wanting to donate it to the causes that you say you support But going back to, yeah, the theme, this theme we had in Midwest, and there were some amazing, amazing sessions um, that were being done and centered around this. And so many things I learned because this was, they were given this platform or this subject was given that platform. um, And people.
1: Some of them were actually guests of this show. So we have to go ahead and speak about um, William Lake um, mm-hmm. our um, we have Emily Eng, uh, Dr. Cynthia Johnson Turner. Mm-hmm. All of them, I got to see their sessions, and it was it was just so good because they were on the show, um, and now they're presenting their sessions, which were phenomenal. So it was just that that part is always fantastic.
0: Yeah, we when you are when you are a guest on the show, you are always family. You will always be family, so we will support you. And that is you just it just kind of grows. Now relative Pitch is everywhere, and it's wonderful. But we we love to see the people we have on succeed in everything they're doing, and they're just making the the music community just so much better because of those things. Um, and it was needed. Every single session that we saw and that our guests did, we it resonated with us. Obviously, right. Um, and something in one, I think it was uh, Dr. Lake and Emily's session that uh, they were talking or someone stood up during a and a and spoke about was never would they have imagined that they would have seen sessions like that at the Midwest convention. And that really, that really said something to me because it shows how when we think that we're so far away from the past and the things that have kind of shaped us now, not really you know, we're still getting to the first of all of these things and it's 2022, right? Um so while these things are amazing and they're great, these are the conversation starters. Is all this is. We are only just starting to peel back the rug from this, but nothing ha- we have to continue actually putting in the action. The people who are doing these sessions, they are doing the work. They've been doing the work, you know. And the people attending those sessions, it's wonderful, right? You got that knowledge. Now, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to apply that to your job, your education, in your classrooms? Like, how are you going to apply that? Um, and so while that w- did seem to be a central theme of it, there there were people who thought that there was still a lacking um, on certain aspects of of midwest um there was a, a a post circulating that got a lot of people to think really um about how diversity has been addressed within the music community and i think we we've all had our differing opinions on the ways that dei has been addressed what are you guys' opinion what, what do you what do you see when you see dei and music what do you see
2: a sham half the time why does there need to be a committee especially for this why don't you make your committee what it needs to look like why do you need a like why do you have to i don't know and people being asked like certain people being asked to be on certain committees why were they just asked to be on the committee in general
0: Mm.
2: like and then also why just now is there all these sessions is it because of the incident in 2020 I think so. I won't be able to judge anything dealing with diversity until 2026. Then we can see if something changed. Until mm-hmm. then, until these buzzwords go away, we won't know what changed and what's not. Because I saw those, all those sessions. They're great. I loved it. Didn't resemble anything else apart the conference. Or any other conference that may or may not come this semester. So,
1: yeah, 2026. I'll see y'all then. So, the diversity in the sessions, but you're saying the diversity in the performers and the composers of the presenters, the music, the the presenters, right? Um, the sessions had great buzzwords diversity, equity, inclusion, how to make things diverse, yada yada yada. But who's presenting on those sessions? I I just attended the Florida Music Educator uh, Association Conference, and one thing, uh, and and this can go either way, but when I see something that says, uh, a survey of hip-hop music that can be incorporated into your classroom, in my head, I would think, what culture is Mm -hmm. hip-hop? Not, not saying that other people cannot like hip hop and everything else, but what culture is it from? Naturally, the people who, where it's from, who was brung up, who was listening to this music, who would, you, who would y'all think should be giving a session like this? Someone who lived it. Someone who is a part of the culture. Mm. So the culture of hip hop music is is predominantly black. Mm. So that's what I would think would be the person who would be giving a session like this. You would but say- I, I look on the, the, the uh, check the thing and I'm like, oh, no. And which brings me to the point that we had with Dr. Kerr, the uh, mm-hmm. a comment that I asked her, I said, you know, when I, I see R&B or hip hop uh, musicologists in the academic field, they're never people that look like me. That grew up on this type of music. And she she gave a brilliant answer to that. Of what well, it's because of the systemic racism that is in academia. Cause it we never get to that end goal of having that doctorate degree to present on the topics that we know truly, intrinsically, we know this type of music. And so that that also becomes the issue at these presentations is. Here are keywords, hip hop. Like, oh my God, my students are gonna love this. But who's presenting that? Is it presenting very authentically?
2: Or is it very academic driven?
1: Exactly.
0: And what you just said, and um, that this kind of goes into also ethnic like the field of ethnomusicology as well and how research is conducted right um i've learned the difference between research on or about versus research with by and for so the difference is when you're doing research so let's say these people or people who are pre- like pre- doing clinics on hip-hop how to bring hip-hop into your classroom and they're not you know as you said a part of the culture um, how how are you gaining that information and i want you to ask yourself why you feel like it's your duty to present that information because if you think about it and this this is where i my 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 thing about allyship and also white saviorism start it starts ticking for me because i get the whole thing of saying well like I understand that there are people who should be presenting this stuff who aren't so I want to do that on their behalf don't do that how about you help them get to the place where they can present on the information that affects their culture that is my thing that's my thing I can read so many things about Navajo music and music of like Spanish culture and all these things, but you won't see me presenting on it. Why? Because there are people who are from those cultures who have way better expertise on that and personal first perspective where they can speak on them better than I ever could, no matter how much research I did on or about them. They deserve to present their own information, and their own findings. And that is what really gets me about those types of things. Is like, how did you find that information? Who did you get it from? Who did you actually get it from? Because it's the same thing that they, it still just benefits who, who's getting the recognition for doing that work. Because do they really, when they present that stuff, do they make sure, like, you have to go back and give, like, credit and give, like, uh, a claim to the culture that I'm getting this information sh- from? Like, do you emphasize that? And then if you even do, are the people you're speaking to, do they understand that? Will they actually do that? Or is there still a stigma around hip-hop and rap and the people who are actually in that culture? That's all I gotta say about it. Keep doing your work or whatever, but at the end of the day, you you know who is better equipped to be presenting that information.
1: Before somebody come for me in the comments, I'm not saying that that person. uh, Well, (laughs) let me not attack the person who gave the session. I'm not. I'm not coming for you. All I'm saying is that, and I don't. I don't know the person at all. I briefly read the person's bio. do you? I'm just saying in my head, the first thing that came to me was like, hmm. And just as what Lauren said, I'm pretty sure there are people in that community I would know that would love to give a session on this because this is the stuff that we grew up on. Mm. That I could say, well, this is that and that is this and this is why because this because it's authentic. Mm. So that is when that becomes a problem.
2: To piggyback, we also have to look at our big name pop culture stars and ding them when they don't give credit.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: That's fault With Mm -hmm. everybody else. It's not just in the academic sense. If anybody borrows from a culture, uses information from a culture, please give credit. Mm -hmm. Yep. At all times, no matter what.
0: Thank that you. is true. No, that's a part of the conversation. That is a part of the conversation is just making sure that whatever you are referencing, no matter if it's your research paper, your music video, your art portfolio, you give the, you give the acclaim and you give recognition to the culture or cu- cultures or groups that you borrowed that, you know, that um, culture, or the findings, you know, or influence from. So no, again, This is not a saying you can't present on things that are not from a culture you are part of. But at the same time, again, I wouldn't feel right presenting on something unless it was, you know, on that level of going to an international conference and presenting on something or a national whatever, a huge conference where you're presenting on something where people are going to be associating your face with that topic that's what happens right you go to sessions and you think oh this person presented on this topic and so and so and so if that was so- something that was important to a conference or an organization to have that like represented then you should understand how it's going to look to the people like Anthony mentioned when he thinks hip-hop who do you think about right so it's just it doesn't sit right it doesn't sit right Um. We've had this conversation before about group singing spirituals and everything. You know exactly what we said about that. You know exactly what we said. So it, it is not gatekeeping in any way. It is understanding that you will never get the same amount of information that you would get unless you get it from the source is what I'm saying.
2: I also want to challenge our audience. Can you drop some hip hop scholars in the in the chat? Right. That are not musicians. hmm Cause they understand a lot more than we think they do. They understand more than we do. So awesome. if you can drop them, please drop them. Cause I'm thinking of one in particular. I want someone to drop that. Oh, and, oh, and I just had, I just got my little birdie saying to me the other day and said, someone near where I spent a vast majority of years recently is writing a hip hop paper. And they are in the region of one of the best hip-hop scholars and hottest hip-hop scholars right now who are not musicians how much want to bet they did not collaborate
0: Mm
2: -hmm. so all i'm I'm
0: gonna say is
2: if you can name some hip-hop scholars you're the number one
0: and so you know this or i mean anthony you go
1: ahead and i'll i'll just give my thought and i was just gonna say if you can name a hip-hop scholar that when you when you read the bio and everything else, and you can say, they know the code mm. Bonus points. <laughs> because you could easily find a hip hop scholar that is probably like, mm, I guess I'll do this for my doctoral presentation, I guess. Mm. I need somebody authentic.
0: And you can tell when they're not. You can tell when they're not.
2: Piggybacking off authentic live performances are coming back mm. so happy so happy i love them i love seeing packed houses like at at a couple of the uh concerts at GMEA uh gma midwest Mid- mm-hmm. packed houses people
1: standing
2: some of them concerts were too long
1: <laughs> i got bored They're only, most concerts are only 45 minutes mm-hmm. You know Michael can't sit through anything <laughs> it was great music going on, but that brings me to my next point, but I'm gonna let Lauren go first because i I want to talk about the performers at Midwest
0: and that's exactly where I was gonna go I and that's the the posts that we're referencing um that came out highlighted this about a certain demographic of of where a lot of the presenters, especially bands, were from. And so, I mean, Anthony, this, you want you wanted this is your this is your realm. Talk to us.
1: Yes. yes. So, um, first, the post that we were uh, referencing is by an um, uh, individual named Michael uh, Mikuka. Um, I believe I pronounced that right. Hopefully, yeah. um, he is a horn teacher in Pflugerville, um ISD, um, in which these are his takes um, from the 2021 Midwest Clinic. Um, And so one thing, uh, he had a lot of bullet points and I'm just gonna briefly read over the first one. Um, He said, a phrase that I heard in multiple diversity clinics this year was who is missing from the room? But I never heard an actual accounting of who was missing from the convention we were participating in. Here is a non-comprehensive list of marginalized groups that were missing from the 2021 Midwest clinic. For Hispanic and Latin musicians, there were four out of 185 band pieces were by Hisp- Hispanic Latin composer. 35 would be representative of the US population. Mm. 35 of those 185 would technically represent what the entire US population would be. Mm. Another four out of the 185 band pieces were conducted by Hispanic Latin conductors 35 would be the representative of the US population. Um, 10 out of the 213 band clinic presenters were Hispanic. 40 would be the correct answer. Thank you. There were no Middle Eastern musicians represented, no indigenous musician represented, um, no trans-non-binary musician to the knowledge of me or him, um, none of the disabled musicians. Never really talk about that. But this is where, as a band director, I want to focus on. Bands from 43 states were not represented, while 10 out of the 17 bands were from Texas. And bands, directors, presenters from cities and rural areas were largely missing, while Mm -hmm. band directors, presenters uh, from wealthy white suburbs were. Proportionately represented. Bands from poor areas are dramatically underrepresented, and poor musicians are almost certainly underrepresented given the cost of attending. Could there be potentially scholarships for poor composers, conductors, and funding for Title I school bands to travel to/slash perform at Midwest? So I want to focus on the band part because. This Midwest clinic, first of all, is supposed to be international, Mm -hmm. okay? 10 of the 17 comes from Texas. There are 50 states, 50 states in this United States and 43 of them are not represented. That seems a big issue to me, because what you're saying is, oh, these other 43 states, they don't have good bands.
0: All right, I'm gonna be real real for a second here. We know what's up, okay? there, There's no sugarcoating what, like, what goes on in majority of these conferences and in these international conferences. There is a majority and then there is everyone else. And it's something that is known And that just continues to happen because no one actually knows or if they, people are letting it happen. And that is how things continue to happen is we know everyone knows, and then it just continues on. It's a a systemic thing, right? And so no one's surprised that 10 of the 17 bands of this international conference were Texas bands. And listen, I mean Texas has it. We went to some of those performances. Y'all hot. Y'all like y'all got it. The kids are doing amazing things. The music you're picking for them, it's a it's a great show of the things that they can do. Um, But there are other groups who can play like well and also you have to think about resources right and the, so he something i really like that he said was he addressed the title one situation of how a lot of those bands who maybe would want to be able to do that or that would have been selected for wouldn't have the funding the student the parents wouldn't have the money to even send their kids to it. the schools and the districts may not have the funding to support an arts program or a band program like that to do something like that so i mean
1: person from a rural school he, First of all, as a teacher, a teacher, I paid out of my own pocket to attend Midwest. My school did not send me to Midwest. Hmm. And that's very common in rural schools. And the, uh, let me just say, Midwest is not cheap. Flying to How much is Chicago, that
2: So, gosh. W- yeah, what- 275 yeah that's for that's for working working people
1: but yeah for a band director um or any director that is attending that um that's a lot and then to think of bringing children kids there for people that are not in that general location of the midwest we gotta talk about either a charter bus Mm. a flight Getting Mm -hmm. your parents now, one thing, and uh, here's another thing. When I was in these Texas bands, literally rows and rows and rows were parents,
0: yes, that were
1: able to afford (laughs) to bring their child, um, and able to accompany their child. I'm gonna tell you right now, in rural schools, that's something we have issues with is parent participation. That ain't it, they gotta work, they gotta work. They gotta do other stuff. They have other children sometimes that they have to provide for as well. They can't just take for three days off of work. So, but but what we're doing is we're now placing. If you have money and you were come from this demographic and you come from this area, you are good. If you don't, you are just going to always stay here. That is what that is coming off to me as. And it is very unfortunate because there are students in these rural programs that can be better, and at best, just as much as the people that were on that stage, but they will never get that opportunity because they were not giving the 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 silver spoon when they were born. They're- that came from a, a clinic that is supposed to be inclusive. Mm-hmm that is supposed to raise up the bar for band, for orchestra, for music in general.
2: You know, Anthony, this is a question for you. Was there, or has there been, in our years that we've been attending, an HBCU band ever play a concert? No. That is a a big, that's tradition. That is a heavily steep tradition of HBCU bands that could educate us on just the way they do things. They do things better than us sometimes. They sound phenomenal. Now,
1: now just because I just came back from the FMEA conference, I, I got on y'all earlier, but I got to give it to you now. Um, I got to give you, you praise because the opening general session to the Florida Music Educator Association Conference was first the Junkanoo band, which is the Junkanoo band. The Junkanoo, yeah, band is a um, is uh, from the Bahamian tradition. If you ever go to the Bahamas, you know they have all the feathers and like the tuba, the drums, and everything. That was literally how um, Dr. Shelby Chipman, the director, of bands at you That was his procession. It was so good seeing that. First of all, that's a different culture. That's a different culture of band. Right. Bahamian culture, which is not a, which is not the U.S. What we would think. Second thing, next thing we hear is the whistles, the drums. We see orange and green coming down, coming down that convention center ballroom, marching the fam. You marching one hundred mm. was there, performing to the best of. I I was on my feet, chills. Everything, hearing that sound, that wall of sound. That is how you show a culture. Mm -hmm. The opening session, first of all, has a a culture that is not United States and then show a culture that is underrepresented in this United States.
2: Or ex, what? did you have something else?
1: Oh, no, I'm just saying, good job, FMEA, for that.
2: Like, I, I want to, I like would love to go up and ask a bunch of people at like a marching competition.
1: What do you think about them? Oh, I'll tell you, because I've heard it. I've heard it. The first thing is, oh, no, they we, we don't do that because, you know, they play too loud or they're, they're not doing traditional core style marching and this and that. Okay, but whoever said that was the right way? Mm. Whoever said that was the only way? It's coming out very racism to me.
2: And then there's one band in particular in Georgia that when me and Anthony and Lauren um, were in high school was an amazing band. And when we got to KSU, they were still an amazing band that was usually picked under something like any Cobb County band ever. And they had a sound.
1: Sound.
2: They had a sound. Mm-hmm. No private lessons for my, a vast majority of them. Because mm-hmm. they couldn't we, afford it.
1: We need to talk about because these Texas bands, when you- All
2: take at, private lessons if you want to get in the top band. You it, cannot be in the top band of the majority of the big uh, city Texas schools without taking private lessons. So that all automatically, I hate this word, by the way, I'm just going to say it. I hate gatekeeping. I hate the word. But like that is withholding of an opportunity.
0: I mean, all, all of that to say, and I think Anthony hit on this earlier, like how these groups that they pick for these conventions, how they, what they're supposed to represent, Right. They're supposed to represent musical excellence, What what is considered musical excellence. So in order to be musically excellent, you have to have a lot of money. You have to have a, a program where a majority of your students' parents can pay for not only their child, but their student to attend these international conferences. Um, you have to have three minimum band directors per program to do any of this stuff. All your students have to be in private. That is what they're saying. And even if you don't think you're saying it, indirectly by choosing this the bands and the groups you do, you are saying that. That is what you're saying. Great, and then what? Great, you know, musical excellence. I have a problem. With so many words. Anyway, Anthony.
1: So. This, the post, first of all, he just touched on so much, so much. I, I'm just going to name a couple things that also just kind of took my eye. He says, there's a lot of focus on increasing diversity, but diversity without equity or integration is more likely to benefit those in power than those it is pur- uh, purportedly lifting up. so that goes back to something we've talked about before where are we are we having this con- this conversation for the white crowds for them to feel more comfortable mm-hmm. and he actually bring this up as well um, are we just doing this for 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 other people to be comfortable is that what is this what this is for um at the end of this he i I remember him saying something about um he he talked to some big people in our profession um and they would say oh um you got to be patient we're in it for the long road and this and that it's a long road huh i said it's been a long road yeah and this this is where he got them together i said this right here. This was a sermon. He said, "Patience is a privilege that most mm-hmm. younger, less established composers don't have." Who, Jesus? Patience is a privilege. The long road. We don't have long road. What? And and this is a personal thing about me is because I'm I'm always looking. I know what I want to do mm-hmm. um, for my end goal for my career. And the first thing that people say, "You're young. Why are you going so fast?" Like, why? Patience is a privilege mm-hmm. that a lot of us people of color and uh, um, anybody who who is marginalized, we don't have that same patience. We don't have time. We don't. Because my favorite, one of my favorite singer, Erica Baidu, she says, "Time." Is wasting.
2: Mm. Wasted. And one thing, if anybody wants to be like, oh, but you're not providing a solution. Quick solution. Midwest has a lot of people that works for it. They have a huge board of directors, blah blah blah. Get a team Mm. of grant writers. And then if a Title I program applies and they get you reach out to you you give an open call. If you want to come to Midwest apply, if mm-hmm. they get in, you get your whole team of grant writers and you start writing grants and you try to make them there. Cause you have the ability to get people to write grants. That's, That's not it. without your ability, have an open call for grant writers. I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of people or I would like to hope there's a lot of people in our field that would write grants and take time out of their day to write grants for these bands or, orchestras, or like, even if we go to ACDA for them, choirs for anybody. We want to see diversity. Like, yes, Texas, you're great. I want to hear. I want to hear an Alaska band. <laughs> I want to hear a South Dakota band. Maybe a Nevada. Like, uh, let me hear a band. <laughs> you know, you know what? You know what state I always forget about? Wyoming. Let me hear a Wyoming band. Ah, uh, you know
1: what I'm saying? I forget about Vermont. Hold on, Vermont. Vermont? Vermont. Let me hear Vermont
2: band. Let me maybe hear. a Minnesota band. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. I don't
1: They're know. Right there. Like, why? I am. Never heard of an Illinois band being there or Minnesota. They're right there. I never heard right of a Michigan. I know after being in Michigan, there's a lot of these band directors who
2: teach six through twelve, and that's the norm. And that's the mm-hmm. norm a lot of places. I was lucky. I think we all were lucky. Texas, great program, enriched in education. Georgia has a good education program as well, and there's less six through twelve programs. Mm -hmm. And that's just like the, the importance that even though it's not that like not felt importance in Georgia, but you have more importance on music in Georgia than we, they do up here in Michigan or they do in Wyoming maybe, or Vermont, or like there's six through 12 programs floating around this entire U S and you can just be like, wow, they don't care if one person has to do everything.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't want to
2: invest, you invest in in two different people. You invest in two different people, the numbers will come. You build a field, they will come. You put out an open call for every Title One band to apply, they will
0: come. Mm. What y'all are talking about, and this is why the buzzwords that are buzzing are no longer, they don't work anymore. The buzz or the word are words or the, the practices and ideas that should be floating is accessibility. And that is exactly what y'all were talking about. The allowing for the schools... To have the access to be able to play at those conferences to be able to take their students to those conferences and yeah in terms I liked what you said about do an open call go to them go to those schools say hey we want you to apply for this because if you do and we want and you get accepted we will get you here financially because you know after 275 dollars to register y'all got the money to allow for these schools to come here you absolutely do and all the, there are so many grant writers in the world right now, so many people who can do that, who have that expertise and that skill, who would love to write and help for something that is so worthy of a cause like that. So it goes back to that if you wanted to do it, you would do it. You would find a way, and this is a way. These are the solutions. These are the things that you should be thinking about that should be happening in those exec board meetings that y'all are having where you're talking about DEI. That's what y'all should be talking about is how do we get more of those underrepresented groups into the into our clinics into our uh, presentations into our uh performances our concert spaces how do we do that
2: is there a committee for this at the at their level do they have a dei committee
0: i'm sure they have a am pretty sure there. they do
1: but yeah i hope
2: not because like why are you gonna make a whole committee you're probably not gonna hear them out put the people you need to put in the actual committees they're don't create another oh, committee because that's another They have to go through more red tape that committee oh has God. to present its information to you why do they have to do that put them in the right committees that they belong in if they're a conductor put them in the conductor's committee i will give one flower i'll give one flower to midwest imani oh visit. tore it up Imani was it. I was enthralled. My jaw was dropped. Especially, especially by the fabulous bassoonist, Monica. Yeah. yeah. Everybody was great, but she had this flair, this energy, and yeah. she wanted you to come up there. She wanted you to come talk to them. Yeah, They all did. But like this, if you didn't see them, you missed out. You did. Sorry. Not sorry. It was an hour and a half concert. There was never a dull moment never. at
1: one, but no. there was a
2: dull moment later that evening.
1: But but also give, giving them the opportunity to also be able to teach. Mm. Went to that session too and learned so much. And also what I loved about it is that it taught these teachers that you do not need to have a certain lip size to play a woodwind instrument. No, you Or a brass. Or a brass.
2: Oh,
1: So, because, you know, that's what we're told when we're going through um, as a literally year ago, if you want to go back to our previous episodes when we talked about, you know, the whole bassoon gate, um, you have to have a certain structure to your face and and economic status to uh, um, be successful on these instruments. And I said, no, no. And so, but that brings me to my next point of uh, um so uh there's a person uh, julie patterson duty she actually um i don't know if the facebook post is a, is a um, response to the earlier facebook post that we were speaking on but she had some very good points and that i just want to say she titled it the question is what are you going to do about it she said there's a lot of criticism but especially of music conferences going around right now Those in charge hold huge responsibilities, to be sure. If you're leaning in on criticism, though, I hope you're also thinking, what can you do? Mm. One, there are many, many underrepresented voices, but those people who would be amazing at sharing new perspectives often don't know it or don't think they would ever get picked. Conference leaders can only choose from the sessions applications they receive. She says, help someone apply which goes back to what we were talking about with hip hop earlier today. What you need to do if you know somebody, help them apply. Number two, director is a huge job. She says she saw over 320 junior high school kids every single day at one point. It becomes overwhelming. It really does. However, you can still find new music. All you have to do is create a post. And say I know a ton of music, uh, music people, and almost she has never really seen. Have you heard of this post? So her 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 suggestion is please share and celebrate pre- pieces by underrepresented composers that you may know. Make it easier for other directors to find them. Extra points go to people that can give those pieces grade two through four, not grade six, not for no co- collegiate group. Okay, mm-hmm. because y'all love to do that. Y'all love to be like, oh, this is the underrepresented composer. Well, what did they write? Only for college. Hmm. What? Number three, if you are not happy with the attendees at the conference you attend, invite new people. Four, if you're in a decision-making room, look around, choose your moment, be polite, respect whoever invited you in and get the door open to someone who is missing. And I will never forget, Dr. Lake said this a year ago about, uh, yeah, I think he was on uh, a board for CBNA first. Mm. And then he opened the door for Dr. Lake. Dr. Golden. Oh, sorry. Why am I saying Dr. Lake again? Dr. Golden.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, um, And then they opened the door for more. And it's funny because he said, you know, we were sitting on opposite sides of the room. Mm. But when it became time to make our vote and our voices, that's when the shakeup happened. So look around the room. See who's not there, invite them in. Get them there on these boards because that is what is necessary for change.
2: Not on a DEI committee. Just put them on the committee. Right. Committee. Yeah. Also, I, I will reference that. Yes, you have a full-time job. Yes, band directing is a bit different than a full-time teaching job. That does not give you so much leeway for a student to tell you what you should be playing. If a student comes up to you with a suggestion of music that you've never heard, the student has a full-time job being a student. Hmm. It is your job to make sure their education is everything. I know it's a heavy burden it's a heavy burden. And a lot of people don't talk about this, but if you're not creating the classroom you need to do, you need to reassess your life. Maybe don't go to that brunch on Sunday, every Sunday, maybe make that your music time. Yes. Reach out to your f- folks. Don't make other people do it for you. It's not their job. Never make a student do your heavy lifting.
0: And, and that's something i I'll, I'll with a. The- that that is whenever these things happen, I don't want to have to tell you something that you could have been able to Google yourself in terms of when someone says, okay, well, how can I find, there's so many resources that people have created on how to find um composers, like databases of composers who you can find by by re- ethnicity, race, like um gender, all these things. We're even presenting and we have a resource list we're giving at GMEA for this. So, with this idea of shared knowledge, also this this is a huge thing that has been coming from that same march that summer of 2020 where I've had so many people asking, people being like, "Well, tell us how to do tell us how we can do it." Don't, don't burden me with educating you do not burden me with educating you all the time that's not my responsibility there's a time and a place for those things it, it, but when you expect for minoritized people to all the time be telling you how to find things that, that is accessible that you can go find with one click that is my that is my first thing and i can i can preach on that but i won't second thing her number three if you're not happy with the attendees of the conference you attend invite new people that's wonderful we still haven't talked about accessibility yet that's my only thing i will say about that you can invite whoever you want to you can say hey come to this thing that's great then they go i don't i can't afford that so then again it goes back to the conference that is happening how do you have to think to yourself, how are you denying access to certain people, to certain groups because of that price tag that comes with being at those conferences and participating at those conferences? Because then you're saying, well, what can I do? I can't afford to send an entire Title I school to Midwest. I can't. I cannot
1: as an individual. I got a question. So... Do anybody do anybody remember how many band directors and orchestra directors attended the conference this year or last or in years prior. I have no idea. Can can we find that number because I remember uh, I think it was 2019 they were so excited about oh, we had this many thousand of people attend the conference. But Okay, let's do some math. And actually, um, so a pre-registration rate is between 145 to 175. If you register on site, it's 199. That is if you are a professional, meaning you are a teacher, you have to almost pay uh, from 150 to $200 just to attend this conference. So let's just say, mm, let's just say 5,000. Let's just say 5,000 band director internationally attended this conference. $5,000 times, let's just say $175. let us cut it in the middle. How much money is that? $175. $875,000. Where the hell is that going? Don't say the convention center or... Cause I, Okay, that might take away what? Maybe 10 grand, maybe more, just 20. Okay, I'm still above $800,000. And correct me if I'm wrong, but does Midwest even have like other, uh, like what they might do throughout the year for bands and orchestras? Like, do they have any educational um, things besides just this conference?
0: I don't I don't hear about Midwest until it rolls around in the fall. Yes, Michael. So the Midwest
2: Clinic offers guests interested in music education. The conference will focus on industry trends with more than more than eighteen thousand attendees.
0: Eighteen thousand. Let's take
2: five thousand away for presenters and performers, because they don't have to pay. Right, so eighteen thousand
1: Thirteen thousand, thirteen
2: thousand. Let's take three thousand away for uh for um, let's take one thousand away for high school students who can come because there's a high school institute. They pay a different rate. Let's take a, Let's take two thousand away from college because they pay fifty dollars. So we're left with ten thousand. Ten so thousand times one hundred
1: seventy-five.
0: Wait, you said ten thousand times
1: 171.75 that 1.75 That's 1. 75, 1. 75 million right
0: so this this is this is what i'm going to say Almost about this dollars. these posts like this or that 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 notion of number three the whole if you're not happy with it with attendees at the conference you attend invite people my problem with things like that is these Corporations and institu- institutions like to put it back on the working people that you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. You could be inviting more people. You could be sharing these things. You are making over a million, and you know they made more than that. You know they made more than that. So you're saying that it's on me?
1: hey we're, we're, not, oh, I forget, we're not. I forget. Every booth you see Every is move. more than that. Is more than that? Also, also, the performing groups have to pay a registration price they have to pay Conductors symposium have to pay three hundred dollars just for and all those conductors are have
2: jobs that's not what it started out as that is not what I wanted it to become I'm not even a conductor but now I have people i I see people who have jobs like whole whole job when
1: you say jobs you mean like director like all right. They
2: have university director jobs doing mm-hmm. this symposium, taking an educational opportunity away from students. You are colleagues with the people, you should be colleagues with the people you're being like clinic Planning by. by. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. be colleagues with them, go talk shop. Let students, students
0: do this symposium, not working professionals but even then the pay that you just added all booths advertisements uh performance application fees everyone's registration fees for all that all that stuff that we can't even fathom the amount of money they make per conference year and then they want to put it back on us that the reason why we're not seeing the diversity or the equity or whatever that we want to see is because we're not doing enough that is why i have a problem with with ideas like that of like you have to do that that's great i can invite whoever i want to invite but then when they hit me with the i don't have the 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 money to do that i don't have the funding to do that they do the midwest Midwest? conference has the money to do that don't talk to me
2: i will urge and last thing i will say on this this episode i urge every student who has been asked to help with diversity don't Mm. make them do it Make them do it. If they choose not to, it's their choice. Look at the choice. Say check yes in your box. Do not do it because then you're caving. You're doing the work for them. Also, if you're not happy with the conference, stop going. You're Mm -hmm. probably not going to learn that much anyway. Let's see what happens when less people attend because they're not getting what they're supposed to get. Just go to Chicago for a week. Just go to Tampa for a week. Go to Atlanta for a week. It's not in Atlanta, but still, just go to Atlanta for a week. Go okay. to San Antonio for a week. If the conferences are not giving what they're supposed to be giving, leave. And, if they are not and that would make a choice.
1: If they're not representing mm. what your population of your school looks like, mm. don't go.
0: Leave. What are they going to offer you? What are they going to give you that's worthwhile? Leave. Uh, anyway.
1: But, you know what? What we're going to do... Th- First of all, this topic would never be done. Never. Never be done. But you know what we have to do? We have to provide love. Y'all see my jacket? Love. 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 That That is the word. Because you know what? I have beca- I've become a person who is like, I'm good on you. I'm good on this. Because you know what? It's too much. It's too much. And always coming to a symposium where you feel like you have to represent your entire culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. That's not a good feeling, at all. There's a lot of things that are wrong with allegedly allegedly professional development for musicians. There's a lot of things wrong with that, and who is that catering to? Because hmm. it's not catering to the the population of music teachers out here.
2: I told I teach a trumpet methods class to education majors. I told my students on the first day, it's on y'all shoulders to be different. If you want to be different and you see a problem, be different. Don't fall into the same mold. Don't do it. And I explicitly said, do not look at a child's face and say they cannot play the trumpet. Mm. Because I didn't teach you that. I taught you how to make it work. If they want it, they'll make it work.
0: And my last thing I will say on this before I close this off is the idea of, yeah, like whenever someone approach, if you are a person of a minoritized or a community or a marginalized community and an organization, institution approaches you about being on their DEI committee, whatever that means for them, um, think about when they ask you to do that, are they asking you to do the work for them? Are they asking for your opinions, your ideas? Are they asking for your presence? What are they asking for? Some people in those committees just sit there. Some people in those committees do all the work where the, while the institution benefits off of their work and gives them none of the credit. So think about, there are ways, You know, I say this whole thing, the, these institutions have the, the funding to do it, but also in your own right, we, you know, of course we all have things we can do to better it. So do that. Whenever whenever you have the opportunities and the chances to make your communities better in a way that does not harm you, obviously, do it, right? That is how we can help. But at the same time, we know that there are some things that are out of our hands and out of our means, and that is okay. That is for these institutions and these organizations who say that they are centered on DEI for them to prove it. Put your money where your mouth is anyway y'all let us know what you think we know we had a we had a lot we we said a lot we said a lot and this conversation isn't over and we want to continue these conversations not only on here but in conversations with you away from here um so hope y'all enjoy this episode this has been relative pitch we'll see y'all next week
1: Uh bye